robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Robot and the bear. Robot and the bear, 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 bear. Bear, bear, bear. In August. Oh, we're online. But, you know. Yeah, we're online. We're still figuring that out. So. But in yourself, I heard that your um, your your um, idea has gone into testing. Yes. Well, oh. we should introduce who who we have first. For sure. You have tuned in to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Welcome to Robot and the Bear episode <laughs> fifty two. Fifty two. And we have uh, Gerald Powell from the Salk Institute. You're a microbiologist, is that right? Well, I, I'm more. Uh... Well, I'm a number of things, but yeah, I, I was a virologist for many years. Oh, virologist. Sorry. Yeah, that's even more. That's even better. So um, you have a COVID-19 uh, treatment and vaccine, I guess, or vaccine. Is it both uh, in well, testing right now? Both. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. It's a nice sort of unconventional, so kind of a backup more than anything else. It's like it's a, new, it's a sort of a newish technology um where you are well, explain it for us some plebes who don't know science yes um uh, i actually did i got a d in chemistry so i'm <laughs> bad d literally a d wow, yeah wow. yeah yeah that's that's why you studied something else in ucla yeah i got a d in chemistry and i didn't even redo it i was like you know what screw it and i, I actually just left it on my record <laughs> yep <laughs> i think i got a c in chemistry uh, so. yeah yeah, well, not, we're not we're it. not good at it. But anyway, uh, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so well, now you know. But you now you know what you're up against. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, D, a D, and a C. D. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I got a D. So. Yep. so yeah. Sorry. We're, we're gonna talk about chemistry, so it's kind of okay. We're gonna we're gonna talk about biology and medicine, maybe. <laughs> well, isn't it the same thing? Because I didn't do well in biology. Yeah, either. I didn't do well in that either. But I got a cool. C. <laughs> it's cool. Okay, well, I mean, it's still understandable. So. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So we're 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 making, we're we're trying to make these memory cells so your immune system remembers what it has seen before, and that's the basis of your most of your vaccines. That you know you inject something, you have a disease, your immune system then afterwards remembers what what was there before, mm-hmm. but depending on the type of disease, it remembers more or less. So we're trying to directly tap into that and then train the trained immune system to have cells that remember stuff without ever being exposed to it. So normally a vaccine is basically like a, you give a, the same thing that the virus or bacteria is made of. And then it's basically you make a fake disease, but it doesn't actually reproduce in your body. So then, or reproduce very little, reproduces very little. So then it's like you get, um, then you get that memory without having actually having the disease. So I'm actually, instead of doing that, I'm going directly to the cells that remember and then turning them on and says, okay, you should remember this. And we do it with this type of gene therapy kind of approach instead of uh, giving a sort of a fake virus. So. And you were able to produce positive results in the laboratory. Well, yeah, it's like, so we made, the, it makes the stuff that it's supposed to make, and now we're testing whether it's like, it works specifically for it, if it recognizes the way we imagine it would recognize it, and so that's what we're trying to make now. So you actually make this, and you don't 
you don't exactly test it first on any human being, not not even once. No, no, we we first make it, and then it's like, I mean, I cannot I cannot test it on people. Do you test it on like animals or anything no, first? I, I, test, I, I test it mostly on cells right now. Oh, I see. Yeah, on human cells. Oh, okay. Mm. Basically, like I put, I put, I put like some, you know, SARS-CoV-2 gene. That's the, the the gene that is like the, the SARS-CoV-2 makes on some human cells, and then I'm making these engineered cells, and they're supposed to hunt those cells down, and then see if they hunt those cells down. So basically, that's what I'm trying to do. Mm. They, if they can, can they find it, and can they actually get rid of the cells that are producing the virus? Mm. So, this is so-called cell-mediated immunity. They're not antibodies. Antibodies are just the proteins that bind up stuff. But right. there are actually other types of immunity called cell-mediated immunity. These cells go and they're kind of like the policeman and goes hunt down the cells that are producing. It's like it's like shutting down meth labs, kind of like that. Oh. <laughs> ah, you're speaking my language. <laughs> <laughs> I think I knew a little something, something about that back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so it, it just goes basically on the on the surface of the cell and see, okay, if there's something in there that doesn't look right, and if something doesn't look right, the cells go in and and basically um, kill the cell. Mm. It's basically like you just go in and just bomb it, you know, in the oh, cell. Sounds, with sounds cool, like a video game. It's right, kind of right. like that, yeah. It's like you know, it's like immunological video game. <laughs> so, so wait, hold. On. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like picture this. So you have cells that have this, um, you know, memory switch turned on, floating around. Then you have other cells that are getting infected by the COVID. Yeah. So yeah, so you want to catch it when it's early. So basically, like you, you go around, and let's say you breathe in a droplet. Mm-hmm. Somebody cough, and then there's this droplet out right. there. And it right. goes in, you breathe it in, it goes mm-hmm. into your lung. Mm-hmm. Then when it goes into the lung, it starts making, you know, goes inside the cell of the lung and it starts making virus. Right. As it makes virus, there's a whole bunch of components it makes. So right. the components, they're like, some of them get exposed outside in the cell. So the, one of these components that the virus actually has, I make, I'm making these, let's call it like these, they call cytotoxic T lymphocytes, but, or... Memory T cells, so it doesn't matter. But it's like, it's like these guys are go hunt the other guy, uh, hunt the bad guys down. So, so I just engineer the these cells. Huh? They hunt down the T cells, or no, the T cells so are. Well, it's actually a little, a little more complicated. I'm trying to simplify this thing, but it's actually it's, it's a little bit more complicated. You could say you, you know you could use uh, the words good and bad. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> the level no, we're at here. Well, it's more like these. Okay, these these cells that are um, these cells that are. You know, good. They're, 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 that I engineer, they actually oh, okay. specifically oh, the recognize helper helper cells. Helper okay. Cells. Yes. Well, they're, they're not helper because helpers is a particular type of cell. This is not a. Oh. Oh, okay. oh I accidentally got lucky right they're, there. They're, you, gotta, good, you, good gotta, you gotta you gotta you gotta the lingo, but you know. Wow. That's I got lucky. Particular. That was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the helpful cells. How about that? Oh, so they're they're okay. You can call them like. You 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 turn Treated. on these memory cells, and then when you turn on these memory cells, then you actually make them killer T cells. So they're killer oh. cells that go and kill off the infected cells. 
Gotcha. So mm. now it's like, but but I think there's a, how do they recognize their infected cells? So I, I put something in there. I added a gene into them that allows them to recognize the virus. So I'm engineering the cells so they actually can recognize the virus and then just go and you know, mm. take care of So that otherwise, normally the, those cells would just be hanging around, not doing very much, just hanging around. But when they actually see the, when they actually see some cells infected with virus, they reproduce a lot, and they all kill off the, the cells that are producing the virus. And and uh, I guess in your lab you saw it kind of work. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, so we but, actually I mean, make it. So it's making all the components, and then we're actually putting in. Uh, we're making these, mock. Mock infected cells. But but that's the one that's in testing now. Yeah, that's in testing. Yeah. Wow. So have you heard any results on that, or how how does that work, at this point? Well, I have to do it. Or, oh, you have to do it. Or Junko has to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have to do it. Oh, I thought the testing meant you're uh, you send it to somewhere else and they oh, deal no, with it. No, we're doing all the testing also. Oh, you do we're your doing, own testing. Is end to end kind of until you give it off to a. Uh, and they said, okay, this is more or less uh, is actually I think we this is this is a pretty good shot. It's work all the all the basic things are working. Maybe we have to partner up with some company that can produce like uh-huh. human grade stuff and then they will do some more. So how how do you feel about it this far? Well, so far everything is working, but it's like I mean it's gonna be like sort of a the the reason we started this is because we're not sure that the vaccines, the conventional vaccines that everybody's trying right now are going to There's work. like 100, isn't there? I thought I read that there's like 100 like a, vaccines. Like 60 lead things. And there's like, there's like, there's hundreds. I, can, I don't even know how many there are. There are like tons of people trying at different stages. So there's like two of them that actually have actually gone into people as far as I know. One in the UK and one is like one in the Seattle area. Oh, so what are those called? Do you know what they're called? Well, one is from a company called Moderna. Oh, is that the one that we've been hearing about, Remdesivir or whatever no, it's no, called? No, 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 that's a that's a that's a treatment. That's a drug treatment. Oh, I see. Remdesivir is a drug treatment. It's not a vaccine. That vaccine, the vaccine is like, is a vaccine is 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 made by this company called Moderna. They make this basically this RNA, package it inside these uh fat droplets that kind of are kind of imitate kind of cells mm. it's like they're called they're, they're called like uh, lipid nanoparticles sounds fancy but it's basically a little fat droplet that's mm. hollow inside and inside you have some genetic material mm. and when it goes into the cells and makes the same thing that i'm making one of the target that i'm making this so-called spike protein the spike protein of the virus and then when you make the spike protein of the virus, you teach the immune system to attack the spike protein of the virus. And then, you know, then hope that you're going to get a good immune response against that. Mm. So, so do you, do you like any of them that you've heard of? Any of the 60 plus? Have you heard of anything that you're no, like, I that think, sounds I, promising? I think, I, think the, the most, I think the most promising one is the one from the UK. So the UK is a genetically engineered virus. It's got is a is a chimp adenovirus. So adenoviruses in humans are causing kind of like cold and pink eye. Hmm. You know, that virus Oh I thought I thought pook caused pink eye, but okay. 
pink eye is like the disease, like the the virus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. So Wait, but Pooh's causing all this stuff anyway, probably. So, yeah, I mean, but but like, go on. I'm, sure, I'm like, sorry. Yeah, it's, it, it is. I mean, you, you have a lot of things in there. <laughs> yeah. Not but just yeah, one so, thing. But so yeah, what, what about. Weren't you, weren't you saying that uh, coronavirus is not in Pooh? Well, it well, is in Pooh, too. Oh, it is. So, so actually, this coronavirus, people are actually detecting it in Pooh. So oh. people can go to the sewers and then measure stuff uh checking for the genetic material of the coronavirus and sewers and people are actually finding it so they okay. can actually see overall how much if you can just go to the sewers and measure how much is in there you can get an overall impression of basically how many people are infected in the city for example whoa yeah so basically luke you cut down on the shiza action <laughs> we don't want you to get sick so it's okay <laughs> anyways uh, but tell me about the Tell me about the England. The England. Uh... So, the, so the vaccine, the vaccine yeah. is um, is uh, based on something called a vector. So the, so people have actually had success with the same design with Ebola. So the Ebola vaccine that works fairly well, but has not really been thoroughly tested. Um, that vaccine is based on the same technology that the what the people in the UK are using. So they're actually making this basically um, gutted virus, it's called adenovirus. It's from chimps, the chimp adenovirus, where you remove the genes that allow the, the virus to make many copies, make copies of itself. But it can still go into cells just once. And that's when you, when it can, when you make a virus that can only go into cells, but it can only, but it cannot reproduce. That's what you call a vector. So they make a vector, okay. make the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. So they make that, and then um, and then um, infect people with it, but it only goes into the cells once. It cannot reproduce. It just basically transfers the stuff in and makes a ton of the spike protein. And when it makes the spike protein, you just generate an immune response. So that's I think that's a that's probably going to be a problem. I think that's most promising because there's a similar one that people tried with MERS, which is a related coronavirus that seem to work somewhat mm. but also the um and also the you know and they it worked for ebola mm. so you know but, that reminds me of the story that i heard about what they call judas ghost goats because there's like an island i think um where they would like you know there's a goat problem on that island and they would send a neutered goat and because goats are social creatures other goats would you know, congregate around the Judas yeah. goat, and then the a helicopter would show up with a snipe with a guy with a rifle <laughs> and just kill all the goats. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So this is basically taking the component of, basically, of a harmful virus, which is the SARS-CoV, the COVID nineteen virus, right? And then putting it into putting into a sort of like a harmless virus, right? And then generating an immune system like that. So. But weren't you doing something similar with uh, was it the HIV? Weren't you doing something yeah, with the HIV mean, virus? It works the same way. So the way uh -huh. I, but I'm using it for a different purpose. I said you can use it for many things. So one of the one of my the my vaccine designs is basically putting it to HIV, a gutted form of HIV, to make the spike protein. But all the ones that are vectors, they're different types of vectors. So there's another vector 
called Adeno 26. That is uh, somebody in Boston, Johnson and Johnson is working on that. That's also like the basis for the Ebola vaccine. That's very similar in design. Mm -hmm. But the, the other ones that, the ones in, in England use a chimp one, a different version, but they're kind of different versions of the same thing. It's basically like car models. Okay. They're kind of different, but they're also kind of the same. Car uh, models? You mean like pretty girls? <laughs> no, you uh, mean just cars. Models. I, didn't, I was not thinking of import models, but you know. Well, because I know you're into that, but vehicles. you're talking about cars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but they're all transmitting the, sim the same, if not similar, RNA. Is it RNA? That like well, uh, viruses? Um, well, so the, 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 the thing that Moderna has, that that's RNA. But the one is like the... The, the virus actually contains DNA in this case. The one from the Oxford, the, in the UK, the Oxford vaccine, that's a, that's a DNA, DNA virus. And also the one from Barda and, and, and Johnson from Boston, that one is also DNA. There's but another one that is like- To the coronavirus, but similar enough to the coronavirus for the body to be able to develop the immunity that- Well, it's just as a component that's identical to the, to the coronavirus. It's sending a single component that's identical to the coronavirus, and that is what is supposed to cause your the immune response. Mm. Wow! But that's that's uh, that's the part that we know for that you know that is most immunogenic. So the immune response likes to home into into this protein. So that's basically why people are picking it. It's also on the surface wow. of the coronavirus. So if you have a coronavirus, like let's say you have a coronavirus particle. And if you cover it up with antibodies, then you inactivate it. Right. That's why that's what we call a neutralizing antibody. A neutralizing antibody is basically if you had a virus and then you cover it with a, with cover it with antibodies, then the virus can no longer work. Right. Right. But that's if you have a neutralizing antibody. You can have, you know, non-neutralizing antibodies. So mm -hmm. you could have antibodies that cover the virus, but actually do not block it. So mm -hmm. that actually many times makes it worse. So for example, this dengue wow. fever. So the dengue fever uh, vaccine was kind of dropped mm -hmm. because the antibodies that you make against the dengue uh, fever virus mm -hmm. actually make it worse. So because when you cover with antibodies, then the, the stuff that's covered with antibodies, the covering of antibodies called opsonizing. You actually have basically you 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 completely cover with antibodies, and it goes into a different type of cell called macrophage, and then you get this so-called cytokine storm, which is basically the <laughs> immune system hormones go crazy and cause a disease that's much more severe because you turn because you, this went into the wrong type of cell, it went to the wrong type of cell that has like much worse consequences. Wow, so that's when a vaccine goes wrong. So that's right. why it's like you know you have to make sure that this doesn't cause it. And there's some history of other coronaviruses like SARS and MERS that you can form these so-called antibody-dependent enhancement when you actually have antibodies and it actually makes things worse. So you have to wow. be super careful about these things because all these things are issues and factors that you have to take into account and make sure that it works. So do you think um, a vaccine, for example, well, a vaccine will be... Uh... A, somehow approved faster you've heard 18 months uh that's what we've always heard in the news do you think something might happen in six months let's say or less i, I know everyone's working on it so i'm wondering if the oh. rush the rush to get it 
done is going to actually make, you know, everyone's working on it. So I'm wondering if that's actually going to actually happen. Oh, so, okay. The, the normal approval process is super long. It's mm-hmm. like 10 years plus. Oh, it's that long. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Like, I thought, okay. So 18 months is already super sprint speed. You know, it's really doubtful that it will be that, you know, best case scenario. The, the thing that can excel. And, and also the thing is that you have to give it. So normally that way you prove that a vaccine works, you give it to some people and then you don't give it to other people. And the, or you give a basically a, inject, a placebo injection. And that's basically, I say, and then you're going to say, okay, over time, did more of the people who get the vaccine get the disease or did more of the people, the placebo get, get the disease. So if you actually get, if you can reduce in the, in the vaccine group, the number of people who get infected, then you, it says, aha, uh-huh, okay. It, it actually worked. That's, that's the, the way you normal way you do it. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some people who have volunteered. I think it's about 3000 people who have volunteered to do a challenge vaccine. So basically like you get the vaccine, and then afterwards they volunteered that somebody will, okay, inject me with the real virus or give me the real virus. You know, I'll inhale the real virus and see if the vaccine works. Mm-hmm. So, so a bunch of people are gonna willing to take one for the team and wow. get infected by the real thing with the real virus. But this is, you know, this is not, you know, this is a kind of an ethical problem in right. a sense. But people are volu- there are some people are volunteering and then it's basically there, that could accelerate things a lot. Because the trial is what is the slowest. Right. So if they, I see. So that means, I mean, they're they're obviously signing a waiver that they might die, right? Yeah. And then are they true. are are they getting paid a lot? Do you do you know about that part? I think these people are all volunteering because getting wow. paid for this kind of thing is also ethically questionable. Oh, but they should just do it. This is important. So people, like, want- how about how about like you know like a quarter million dollars? Man, eh, that's pretty good, right? Two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. What do you think? I mean, this is the regulatory people who actually have to take care of this. And the, oh, okay. And people like that. It's like, I'm, you That's know, about I'm what telling I you like what the technology and what we can make and stuff like that. <laughs> and, but, but yeah, there, there are people who are like advocate, uh, volunteering for, to generate these challenge vaccines and, you know, basically a challenge wow. trial. So, you know, then it's like people would get the injections for the vaccine. And then afterwards they would just probably inhale the virus and then see whether wow. they get sick or not. Then you wow. know almost immediately. You know so that's faster. It, right? You know so that's a, that's a faster trial then, right? That will be the fastest possible trial there is. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, an, another question. This one came from Dr. John, John, John Liu. Um, but he was um, his question, I mean, some of the questions he would ask are ones that he knows the answer to. But I, I think he was more asking that is it more reasonable to expect uh, a, a full vaccine versus some kind of a treatment that would handle uh, COVID-19 symptoms? Mm, it's not like, I think it's like less than symptoms, but actually the virus. Okay. Well, I'm, I think I, I'm them, probably, I'm pretty wording the question wrong, but basically he's wondering which, so, which are, which, which should we, which should we expect there, to really happen? There's a whole spectrum of things. So I think it's like, you're going to have both things. I think so. The treatments there. There's several problems. The problems with the treatment. The problems with the with all. They're kind of. The thing is really complicated. The way you treat the disease, early on, versus in the middle versus late, they're all different because you have different problems at different times. So let me just run through like a typical infection through you, for a person sure. who ends up in the ICU or dying. 
So typically a person will get, you know, breathe in the virus or get it on their hands and then touch their face or something like that and get it into their airways. Infects, you know, either something in their throat and nasal epithelium, basically in, inside your nose, it goes down to your lungs. And then most of, many times it seems like you don't feel anything. By the time you feel something, you're already like spewing virus already for three days or so by the time you feel something. And then you just get progressively worse for about a week. And then after you get bad or a week, then you now you feel something in the lungs. And then it's basically you have a hard time breathing. And that's when you go to the hospital. But that means that, you know, the entire time you already had the virus for about 10 days. So, okay. So once you go in there and in, into, the, into the hospital, typically it will take about a few days, you know, like uh, three to five days until if you get worse, then you end up in the ICU or less than a week or so. That's like median, it varies a lot, but, and then within two or three days of the ICU, you die or you don't die. And the people who don't die, they can be up to, you know, 40 plus days until they get out. Wow. So they stay there like for a very, very long time, you know, in the ICU. So, but by the time they get into ICU, the funny thing is like many people already don't have much virus anymore. Your immune system already kicked it out, but it's basically the immune response that's actually making you super sick. So the immune response that is like the overactive immune response, this is so called the thing that I told you about a like cytokine storm where the hormones of the immune system are going through the roof. Those are causing all the problems and actually making you die. Wow. So when you have this kind of problem, I mean, this is not 100% like this, and that you may still have virus and stuff like that. But this is basically, you have an immune problem late and you have a virus problem early. So then it's basically like, if you want to have a treatment, you want to get, if you get rid of the virus early, then you don't have the immune problem late. So you actually have to have this like, so there was a early story of, that was featured in the New York Times that was all, all over Chinese social media of this nurse or actually a doctor. I think it was a doctor or nurse. Anyway, she, she a healthcare worker who got sick. Then she started getting better. She felt okay. And then like, she was like recovering. And suddenly after she was recovered then suddenly got worse again and then died. And it's basically like what killed her in the end was the immune response, not the actual virus per se. The, the, I mean, the virus set up the immune response in a bad way. And then ultimately, thing. so then you have to deal with different things. So the late stuff in the ICU, people are finding that this thing called, there are these antibodies and these drugs that, that countered your immune system. One thing called the target is IL-6 or IL-6 receptor. This, anyway, it doesn't matter what it is, but it's basically one of these immune hormones. And, uh, and then basically like you, you make these antibodies that block your immune system. And by blocking the immune system, you actually make the patient better. Oh, so that is actually what you have to do late. But early on, if you can get rid of the virus, then the second stuff doesn't happen. So how you manage in different stage of the disease is different. So you actually have to take all those things into account. So for example, so what, one problem that we have is like remdesivir, right? We always say that remdesivir, maybe this will help someone. But remdesivir is an IV drug. So you have to get it intravenously. So it gets into the vein. 
So basically, you get a line. Basically, you get the basically, uh, basically you you put get a needle into your vein, and then you have your your basically uh, your saline, and inside your saline they inject the drug. In the same line that they put the saline in. That's how you deliver the drug. So that means you have to go to the doctor by that point. You have to be in the hospital. You have to do inpatient. Yeah. So typically, by you, as I told you before, by the time you get become inpatient, it's about a week into your infection, until you from the time you notice them. So it's too so, late. So the window of opportunity for this drug to work well, was well, the best time to use it. It was be early. But if it's if you're oh. gonna put every single person who has symptoms in the hospital, you're gonna overwhelm the hospitals. So it's a problem. So the ideal thing is that you have an antiviral that you can give early. So basically something that you can say, okay, you have symptoms, you test immediately and figure out that this person is actually, okay, uh, actually positive. Okay, we immediately give drugs to the person. You just take it, you know, stay isolated, not in the not in the hospital or maybe at home or maybe you know, because you don't know at the beginning whether the person's going to get have serious symptoms or not you don't know that until people have shortness of breath which is a week later but the window of opportunity the best time to use the drug is as soon as you feel it wow so that's basically you know the the problem that we have i mean we have a drug that works like remdesivir it's not approved in the us and it's this japanese drug avigan and like China's producing it like crazy now. And Japan just sourced the materials and they're trying, they're planning to make 2 million courses uh, by the fall, you know, 2 million clinical courses. So basically like, I think it's like uh, 10 days of drugs for, uh, for, each, uh, for each person. So they wanna make 2 million of those by the fall. So that is, that's oral. You can just pop a pill and that's that's it. So then there's like you could actually keep people like in a basically like in those hotels where they quarantine people with the mild symptoms, and then you could actually do it in, in that setting. Wow. So that would be the idea. But remdesivir is for a problem, like you have to give it too late. Right. So that's one problem. So why why is why is that being so like I that's the only thing I've heard of on the news is remdesivir. What I've that's all I've heard of. Because it's an American drug. Oh, okay. like Gilead in the Bay Area. But then you're saying it's kind of not administered correctly or no, we're no, not no, administered okay. correctly. It's not, no, 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 no. no I'm uh, not saying it's not administered correctly. I'm saying it's like, it's not so effective and the time that you're forced to give it is kind of late. Right. Like, it's like, you know, you know from the flu, you, you know this drug Tamiflu, right? Mm -hmm. Tamiflu sure. only works if you catch it early. If you give it early, it helps. If, it, if you give it late, it doesn't help. So, so then, you know, if you, if you go to the doctor early and get, okay, this flu, you get the prescription early, it'll shorten your, your disease from, you know, from, you know, five days to, you know, to two to three days. So it helps. I mean, the, all the antivirals that we know kind of work like that. So that means you're, maybe it sounds almost like you would suggest that, uh, um, this uh, this treatment is actually more realistic than an actual vaccine that just prevents you from getting anything. Well, I think the vaccine is like I mean, the, uh, one is not; uh, they're both good approaches. Uh, the, the, the but one, but it seems like a vaccine is 
it's I've heard many people say it might not happen at all. There might yes. not ever be a vaccine. Yes. But it sounds but it sounds like it sounds like there's treatments already happening. No, treatments already happen and they're already working and they're working now. It's like the thing is like the evidence there you'll see within the next you know couple months that people are, will show the which ones work and which ones don't work. There are a whole bunch of candidates and people are trying that. And there's also like combinations. So so you don't take just one drug. You combine a bunch of drugs. So actually HIV. Drug, a drug cocktail. Awesome. A drug cocktail. Yeah, exactly. A drug <laughs> cocktail. And that was actually invented by David Ho. David Ho in New York is the guy who came up with the HIV drug cocktail. The very first, I think around 1995. And this is basically what made from people having, people had drugs before for HIV, but people were developing resistance and then eventually dying because the drug would no longer work. The virus mutated and then was able to bypass it. But if you give it a drug cocktail, it has to make too many mutations to adapt to it. And then it can never make it. So then it's like the drug keeps working for us. So for, you know, you know, back in the day, HIV, people have HIV, you're okay with it, with the drug for about six months to a year, and then it stops working and then you die. That's the end of the story. Nowadays, it's basically after the combination chemotherapy, the drug cocktails, the very first one, you know, done by, uh, done by David Ho, which is basically took three things, three existing drugs, combined them, and then people can, you know, live out sort of a almost normal lifespan you know, with, with these. And it's like, if one drug stops not working so well, you just exchange it for another drug. And then, you know, you try, you go for different combinations and, you know, Magic Johnson is still alive. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You know, people expect yeah. that, oh, Magic Johnson's going to die after he got, you know, diagnosed as HIV positive and then. Right. But, you know. He's still alive and kicking. He's still alive and kicking. Is, he's just fine. You know? Yeah. You know, but anyway, so that's basically like uh, what what has happened. But now people are trying that. So the very first, you know, the about a, a few days ago, like I think last Friday, about a, less than a week, week ago, there was the results from a trial from in, in from Hong Kong University and several hospitals in Hong Kong, where they try three different drugs, you know. One is a two-drug combination of things against HIV, and then uh, called Kalitra. There's uh, and then there's like that's like actually two drugs, and then there's also they took another drug that was um, a very old antiviral that people have been using for herpes and other things like that, and then they took also interferon one beta, which is a general antiviral. That's a biologic means that it's a it's not like a small chemical molecule, but it's actually a basically a, basically an immune system hormone. And they combine those three and give people all three of them at once and was able. But the most remarkable thing is basically this Kalitra was actually by itself doesn't work. So people actually had published maybe like a month ago that they had a clinical trial of just that one pair of drugs and giving that one pair of drugs doesn't work. But if you combine it with a whole bunch of other ones, it suddenly it works. Wow. So, you know, that's, 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 a, that's the thing. So basically, this is the first time that people use the combination. And combination is like, it's like super powerful. 
because, uh, for example, hepatitis C was a big problem. And then the best drug that we had would cure people by 50%. And now it's like, you know, I think it's like now with a drug combination that actually came from Gilead, the same company that makes remdesivir, that drug combination that is basically, basically cures people. And one of the problems of their business model is that, okay, if we're gonna cure everybody, nobody transmits to anybody. Now we're gonna cure ourselves out of business because then there are gonna be no customers. Uh. So, but anyway, so that's what they were planning on. They're planning that we're gonna have a huge, maybe like we're gonna have a huge business. We're gonna cure all these people. And then after a couple of years, it's gonna be a trickle. But we're, we'll have made all the money in between. Wow. That's why they're charging, I think, like 50, 60K for the entire treatment. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. So, yeah. I mean, is it, is it, it, it the way you're explaining it, it almost sounds wise that I, I to be hopeful that, that the treatment will be successful sooner. Is that yeah. possible? I think that's definitely the case. It's like, I mean, there was another paper that came out from people up the street. They actually showed 30 different drugs that actually work in cell culture, if you put it in a dish and the 30 drugs and the drugs that I mentioned to you before, they all worked in cell culture before. They might not work in the person, but they already work on the, on the, on a dish. So if now it's basically, okay, which, and these are all clinically approved drugs. So now it's basically, are we going to find combinations? Are we going to find, uh, we're going to test these on, on people and there, that's what they're working on now to see if the drugs that are already clinically approved, things that are used for other purposes and that's basically called that's called drug repurposing you just take the drugs that are already used for other purposes and then you use it for this and that's a easier approval step because you don't have to figure out if it's toxic to people or something like that because you're already given to people for a long time and then or you've already done all the testing or in the clinical trials first you test for toxicity you test for dose and then you test for effectiveness. Those are the three phases of clinical trials. You know, phase one is basically toxicity. The, the phase two is like dose escalation until you know the right dose to use. How, how, how high can you tolerate this? And then the third one is basically you try to see if it works. So those are the typical phases, but you know, that, uh, that has already, the, at least one and two has already been done for, um, for those drugs. So wow. now you have all these slow drugs that you just have to try on people and see if it helps. So, so um, yeah, so anyway, let, let me get back to the vaccine. Yeah. So the, vaccine, okay. so the vaccine, from what we know, is tough because um, there, when, when a virus spreads through your body, throughout your body, then it's basically, you could basically get, it's called a systemic infection. It's all, all over your body gets infected. Or there are certain viruses that go to mucosal targets. So mucosal targets basically like uh, with the surfaces in your body that have mucus, like your lungs, your intestines, those kind of things. Mm. It turns out those those type of viruses that infect your mucosal surfaces, you don't get immunity to it very much. So in like the, all the coronaviruses that we know of, you don't get immunity more than a year, typically. You know, the typical coronavirus immunity. So if you get a vaccine, probably you have to be like a flu vaccine. So you have to get re-injected with a vaccine every year. Mm. I guess it would have to be like that. 
Wow. So that's the that's sort of like the best expectation that you should have, realistic expectation that you have. That you actually have to have like a yearly yearly shot of a. So that's is that a booster? Is that considered a booster shot then? Since it's kind of a booster, yeah. A booster is just to make it stronger, but this one is just because your your immunological memory drops. Right. So if it drops over time, and people actually check like the other coronaviruses that don't cause disease. So there are two other beta coronaviruses. So SARS-CoV-2, the COVID-19 virus, is a beta coronavirus. So that's most, it's closest cousins that don't cause severe disease. Is let's call HKU1 and L63. There are two other, two other, there are two other coronaviruses that are infecting people. And people just go back and check. And those actually have about 45 weeks immunity. So less than one year. So you remember your year is 52 weeks. Right. So the it seems that the, the immunity that you get for, to those viruses is about 45 weeks. Wow. So, and why is that? Why why is it that like mucosal uh, viruses? So, so it seems like the so the natural memory cells. So they're memory cells that uh, like the memory cells in the mucosal surfaces, like in the in the lung or in the gut, they will actually go out of it. After a while, these these tissues turn over a lot. I see. And what happens is that basically they turn right. over a lot. The the memory actually moves out and goes into the bone marrow. And when it goes into the bone marrow, it forgets. That's what people seem to think that it's, this is basically what's going on. Those dumb oh. bones. That, well, that's stu- that uh, stupid like... marrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the way it works. So it's like, I'm, sure. so I don't know where, why people actually have this expectation that you're going to have this vaccine that you inject it once and then you're going to be immune for life. Um, there is no basis to expect that. Yeah. But this is this is going to be probably a recurring vaccine that people have to keep vaccinating. Wow. But you have to also be careful with this kind of thing um, because many vaccines, as you repeatedly give, you're also more likely to get side effects from repeated vaccination. That's also possible. I mean, it doesn't always happen. With a flu vaccine, that doesn't happen, for example. But there are certain vaccines, for example, the back in the day when people vaccinated against this disease called smallpox, and there was this uh, smallpox vaccine, if you repeated it many times, your chances of getting like a side effect increased with each repeat. So, wow. And why would they re- uh, continually, why were they like repeatedly? Ah, uh, yeah, the most, most of the time that people did, you know, that that disease was actually exterminated by vaccination. 1978 is when the, when the virus disappears from the face of the earth, except in two labs. Right. Um, but most of the people who were working on that virus had to get re-vaccinated. And, the, and then also because the immunity kind of waned over time. So people get a booster shot, like what Eric was saying. Right. They get a booster in order to strengthen your immunity again against that. Mm-hmm. So I had a question that maybe uh, kind of sort of relates, but uh, by Jian Shen, which he's our friend. He's a toy guy, yeah. right? Anyway, so yeah, he he basically he asks. Uh, he says that it's common knowledge that uh, vaccines take years to produce and discover. So we're aiming for luck right there. But he says, besides luck, what other bottlenecks are there in the vaccine world that we should know about? Well, that's what we talked about earlier. Like when you do a clinical trial. 
you that part. A group yeah. of people, and you have to wait until they naturally get infected. Right. So, but but this is like a really big issue. For example, in China, they had a drug trial for remdesivir, and remdesivir came out to not work. Well, because you need statistics, and then we have something called statistical significance, which is basically it. Basically, the effect is strong enough that you're ninety five percent confident that the that it worked. But it doesn't reach if it doesn't reach that level of 95% confidence, you, you consider it to be failed. Oh wow. What happened is like, how can you be sure that the statistics are working? So the statistic, how how confident can you be? Let's say you have like a very big difference between two, two, two samples, like the guys that are, that take the drug from another. If basically everybody who takes the drug is alive, everybody who didn't take the drug is dead, then you have. 10 out of 10, perfect, because you don't need so many people. 10 is enough probably for you to be confident, 95% confident. But if the effect is small and variable, then you need hundreds of people. Oh, you mean so like they have Chinese prisons. You know, you know that that's, you know it. You, you know there's... You know that there's poor minority uh, prisoners that are just getting screwed right now. Like Uyghurs? Yeah, I didn't want yeah. to say that, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, they are they, they are I, I they, they, they are well as far as I, subjects. you know, as far as the stuff that was published, they didn't do any of that. But could, could, well, how about North Korea? They can go ahead and just well, you know, what happened use some is of like those, they, they use had, some of those guys. Huh? So, so what happened in the Chinese trial, they were aiming for 400 patients for each group, you know, the treated versus the non-treated. And they ran out of they they didn't get any more patients. They were I think like 280-ish. 240 ish they didn't get any more patients so they ended the trial early because they couldn't get any more patients because they ran out of patients oh wow mm. so so basically so with they 240 have a heart patients all... they couldn't tell whether the drug was working or not but then wow. the nih had one here in the u.s combined with people in europe and in other places where remdesivir and they had a thousand patients mm. and with thousand patients they could reach that uh, 95% confident that it actually did something. So, but I mean, it did something, but it's not super strong. It just makes it a little bit better. Not like for the reasons that I told you, like probably just taking it too late for it to work well. Mm-hmm. So that's, a that's sort of the problem. Um, so, uh, I don't know if it's jumping topics too far, but Dr. John Liu also asks, um, or asks, can you explain the effect of vitamin D? Because that's all of a sudden a little more in the news recently, I guess. I've been hearing about it. What does that have to do with anything? Well, vitamin D in general, it's uh, if you have a deficiency for vitamin D, then your immune system is depressed. So a lot of people, and, and a lot of people, you know, myself included, uh, are low for vitamin D. I like I was like that's because you work in a lab. How about you, Luke? Are you low in vitamin oh, D? I'm probably. Well, I, I my last blood <laughs> test said I was fine, but like I'm probably low, especially nowadays. Yeah, I, I, I was like I was like so low. I was like I was like tenfold below the lowest acceptable level. <laughs> wow. That well, I had to supplement, so <laughs> I was not getting out there. I was not surfing that much anymore. So that's a mm. you have to get out in the sun. So. Uh, I hate that. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, is, is that is that completely? Um, it's like non-otaku kind of thing. 
is is there any science to vitamin is there any science to vitamin d or is that equivalent to drinking bleach no, no, or whatnot no, 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 no. i think vitamin d is like that yeah you definitely don't want to be vitamin d deficient because your immune system actually does you know vitamin d is a you know is a is a hormone vitamin d binds the vitamin d receptor but the vitamin d receptor is a what we call a transcription factor it turns on a whole bunch of genes and one of the things that it actually does you know besides um is modulate your immune system, but it also modulates like bone density and things like that, that, you know, typically, you know, but it's definitely important, you know? So I think like, you know, to have a healthy dose of vitamin D and to be in the right range is good. But, you know, vitamin A and D also has a different problem that if you take too much of it, there's also toxicity. So you can actually, it's best known for vitamin A. Vitamin A and D many times go together they both work in similar ways. But for example, when people, you know, people say that eating polar bear liver is toxic, people can die from eating polar bear liver. I had no idea. Yeah. So be careful. So because this is chock full of vitamin A and D. Yeah. Well, vitamin A. So mm -hmm. you get vitamin A toxicity. So you know, it's new not to never eat the, vit the polar bear liver. Just wow. tiny bits of it. <laughs> Any tiny bit of it is okay. Yeah. So if you want to have like, if you want to have like polar bear liver pate, you know, go for Just it. Just one cracker. And really, really small doses. I don't know exactly how how small of a dose is safe, but I'm pretty sure it's like, it's, it's gonna be low. <laughs> so um, I was I saw an article on now this news. Um, now this is kind of like they they do a lot of like news articles about politics and health and stuff like that. And they brought, they mentioned something that I thought was peculiar, and that was nicotine. Um, and apparently, like nicotine, like the like the percentage of like uh, like people who are like being infected, you know, are like that have that use nicotine is apparently like low. Yeah, I don't know exactly. This is, the the problem is like with all these kind of things is is like this. You, you have like, let's say you you have like what you call like the covariance, the like confounding factor. If things that go together, but are not necessarily related. So in, in, initially when, when people that said, okay, uh, you know, men in, in China, you know, when people had in Wuhan, they said, oh, men seem to be getting, going, dying a lot more than women. And then it says, but then it's like, then they figure out like, oh, it turns out that men smoke a lot more and their lungs are in much worse shape. So right. therefore you actually had, I mean, it had nothing to do with being men. It had more to do with being smoking and with smoking. So all those things are correlated. So you have to tease all those things out. And it's like, that's why you have these big, that's why you have professional epidemiologists who actually go and tease these things out to make sure it's not a covariate or it's not a, some other factor that sort of associated with a behavior, associated with the place you live and so on and so forth, you know, to figure out what is actually going on. So the nicotine well, thing, like every... I'm on the fence. I don't know yet. Right. Whether there's like, Have uh, you heard of that? Have you heard of that one? Yeah, I heard of that early on. But the thing is like, if you find sort of an association, you know, for you to believe it, you also have to have a, a plausible way of how this would actually be working. Hmm. Oh, how do you distinguish between something that's believable from something that's not so believable 
Even well, not not all nicotine users are using it uh are inhaling it like you know there's yeah, a patch or something like that yeah so uh, yeah i don't i don't know exactly whether that is a factor or not right. so i looked into it early on but i didn't see something that was like super convincing mm. i mean uh, it's an observation mm. so people have mm. seen this thing but whether this nicotine is the factor or something else mm. you know it's like it's really well, i mean well like for example it... you could you could think of it like okay it you, you could think of it this way so i'm just making this up right now right, for example right. you say like okay if people you know you know that people when they people stop smoking they tend to gain weight right and people say that people who do are obese do worse hmm. you know with COVID 19. so maybe it's just that they're not you know, they're not getting fat. So basically, you're keeping the, if you, <laughs> to keep the people, if you were to keep the people thin, then they're not going to die. Right, right. And, and smoking might be a way to stay thin. I'm just making this people, up right now. How people, like, like, yeah, like not gain weight, so much weight. So yeah, exactly. So you, you stay healthier that way. For right, like, like, let's, like let, let's give fat people meth. You know, it'll save them from COVID nineteen. That kind of logic. Exactly. Yeah, kind of like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's a little bit. So I don't know exactly if this is the case, but mm. you know, this is the kind of things that you need to consider. This mm. is the kind of thing that you need to consider. So yeah, I thought I saw that. I thought it was like kind of weird, and I, I wanted to ask you about it just because I thought it was so weird. You know. Well, like it, it's like I don't. I don't think it's weird. It's like I mean, these these things are if they're. If they're if they're observed and they're reliable, you know, you should take them, you know, like, and then you should basically what you have to do is like, you have to take that initial observation mm -hmm. and then hunt it down. And then you can find a change of chain of causality. Okay. So the nicotine is doing this and this, like you have to somehow link it to the, to the problem that you have in, you know, in COVID-19 mm -hmm. to make it believable. So you can convince yourself that you're just, that this is, this is something real. So that's how, a, how do you feel about the way uh, California has been slowly kind of trying to open up again? <clears throat> well, so I think it's that's like, a big question. I love I think, it. I think it's like you have to look at carefully. In general, if you are, if your number of, if your number of cases are increasing, it's like playing Russian roulette while you're still adding bullets. So it's not a good idea. Like the, if you if you need to play Russian roulette, the best policy would be that you start playing Russian roulette when you are removing bullets. Right. So every time that you shoot is less likely than the previous time that you shot that you're gonna end up dying. Right. Right. So that's the kind of thing. Uh, the the thing is like with California, I don't know with which area we the from the things that I saw. It's like we were kind of um, the the number the case number is sort of steady, mm. is not really going down, so mm. that's kind of a little bit risky. I understand that you actually have to uh, balance the things, but it's like also depending on where people were, you know, social distancing better or worse, and mm. that's the problem. So the reason you have to do this is because okay, how how we're gonna play this game, how we're gonna manage things. 
in, in this world, uh, you know, you have to get the numbers down sufficiently so you can do contact tracing. So contact tracing means that you're gonna go, if somebody is sick, you're gonna find everybody who's contacted, test every single person who's contacted, not even directly contacted, but also the people who went to the place. Because if somebody, let's say is sick, touch their face, got some saliva or snot, put it on the, on the door, you have to trace everybody who touched that door also, not mm -hmm. just the person who was talking to him or something like that, but you have to also you know, see like for the last three days since this person touched this door, who else touched that door? So if it's a restaurant that's actually open or something, there can be hundreds of people. So yeah, right? so you need to yeah. contact trace all those things. So Impossible, you can see the, right? the problem, this, this has to be done on a daily basis. So if you actually have a, let's say 100 people, you have to have, you have to have uh, basically you, you have to have a group of people who contact trace and follow up that case and find out all the people for for several days maybe a week or maybe two weeks until they can figure everything out and get everybody of those people quarantined mm -hmm. but if you had like thousands of them how many workers will you need to to do this contact tracing so if you had like 100 cases a day it doesn't mean that you're going to have 100 100 people contact tracing because the next day you're also going to get 100 cases. Hmm. And then, so every, it, it is impossible for one person to do the contact tracing in one day hmm. to figure out everybody who's been you know, in contact with this one case. So you, know, you need many times over the number of people doing contact tracing over the, and following up that case and quarantining and testing than the number, who actually, the number of cases that you have. So there's a capacity issue. So you want to get down the numbers sufficiently that you can actually do this realistically. So that so the numbers are the numbers are still too high in your opinion. Yeah, I think the numbers are too high. But there's like the thing is that the numbers are too high is because people are not socially distancing properly. Right. Well, I mean, you have like the protesters. Um, I just saw. Uh, I just posted on my Facebook a. Uh, yeah, the hunting the uh, beat thing. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, there was a collection of 250, like, photos and some of the most insane images I've seen um, of, like, what's going on out there. Um, you know, I, I had a conversation with a, a business owner, a friend of mine, and, you know, he's got, you know, some, you know, pretty unpopular, like, attitudes towards, um, I mean, he's not unsensitive my friend's not unsensitive to like what's going on but like you know he is definitely in the like we need to like look you know the deaths and infected rate infection rate for southern california specifically is not nearly as bad as um it new york yeah right. new york or is it was even ever guesstimated for uh this area and you know we need to albeit safely you know like get things you know picking up again because you know people are you know it's it, this the entire the, ec the the economics of everything is like really messing things up yeah i mean i i completely agree that it's like that is completely messing things up and there's like the question is like how do you do it in a way so basically like let's say you reopen in a bad way you could end up with a problem of the meat industry, right? Right. So now it's like we have a shortage of meat. You can all you can go to Ralph's and you can only buy one or two packages of meat because there's a shortage. Right. 
But just imagine if you have a supply chain shortage of everything else, right? And how many things are critically dependent on a steady, reliable supply chain? If you have, if you have a, a place where everybody gets sick altogether, mm -hmm. then it's like, or if they, you know, if you get this, uh, these people sick, and in addition, you get your healthcare workers sick because you have your N95. N95 means that, you know, your mask will take out 95%. 5% is still possibly getting through. And then you're going to have much more of it at the hospital. Now your healthcare workers, even with the PPE, are going to get sick. I mean, you can see how this thing, as a chain of collapse, it can really do a number on you. Basically, let's say if you, all, if you get all your truck drivers sick or you get a, like, a particular industry sick, it's like, it's, I mean, I, I'm all for getting the things, you know, but this is, like, and this is like, even the people who are successful, like you see what happened in South Korea just now. South Korea tried to reopen up and then they had this case, like they had, I think like four nightclubs. Yeah, night was it club. nightclub. Yeah, was nightclub. It yeah, that's basically um, that got um, forty some people, you know, the infected now, and now you have to deal. Okay, so he said, okay, the nightclub thing is not so safe. So duh. But yeah, okay. Duh. So you have to you have to manage that. Yeah, you, you really have to go down to zero for it to be you know to to work. So right now it's like basically you you want even if you don't get to zero. How can you manage with not going to zero? So if you don't go to zero, you want your natural infection rate to go down. Right. So the natural infection rate, if it goes down enough, eventually this will disappear. Hmm. But it's super hard to do with this virus. Right. Because you cannot, you cannot just look at people. Like with SARS, you can say, oh, if he doesn't have a temperature, we know that he's not infectious. Right. But we don't yeah. have that advantage at this point. So, so um, I guess we, we had one listener who's, who uh, Jun Watanabe asked, um, what are the chances then, do you think, are the numbers going to spike up and put us back into a bad situation? Do you think that's going to happen? Uh, I think it's probably going to be some spike of some sort at a certain moment, but that is that is my guess because I can see that our, basically, we're not, we're not developing any basically we're not i'm not seeing anywhere that we're developing um basically where people got herd immunity and i i told you before the virus you, your immunological memory only lasts about a year right so even if you were if, even we got everybody immune at once then all well, after a year it'll be going away right so then it's like that and we actually have things like this so for example Epidemics like measles, measles always like comes in spikes. And what, what are those spikes? So first is like basically what was happening before is like all the kids got infected or vaccinated. And then new kids are born and new kids are born that were either not vaccinated and has never seen the disease before. Mm -hmm. And then once you get the, enough kids, you know, enough kids in the school that were not vaccinated, then you see a spike of cases and then everybody becomes immune. And then you see the disease to peter down and then don't see it for a while until you accumulate the kids again. So you have to have the susceptible population up to a certain size to that. The problem is like with this thing, everybody's susceptible. So everybody's susceptible. 
And because the virus only lasts for a year, even if you infect people over time, there's, but by the time that these recent people became immune, let's say from the real infection, they're going to be the, the, the guys who got it a year ago, they're going to be susceptible again. Right. Right. Wow. So I think it's like, in that sense, it's like super difficult. You know, that's why the, but this, this is in theory, right? Like, I mean, like, because, you know, just because a majority of mucosal viruses um, are, do not, um, I want to say the majority, all, all, is it, uh, is it, an, uh, is it an all thing? Like absolutely 100%, like, no, like, no, they, don't, or they don't have long lasting immunity. It could be like, I think the, the longest one is like two years or so. Okay. So I don't, I don't think there is a single case that I know of, of a mucosal virus that you can get permanent immunity. Mm. Oh, oh. Uh. <laughs> oh. We're fucked. Um, so I had, a, I, had, I had another person uh, ask um, named Jane Hirata, who's in uh, Hawaii, mm -hmm. and uh, basically asked something kind of similar, but I guess they have a concern that, that although they think maybe they, they're kind of handling it pretty well I, I would say it's late but it seems like they have less cases yeah, coming it's like that yeah, the hawaii like the, for some the, reason the right hawaii it looks really good yeah it's low right like i think there was what three new cases yesterday or something like that i heard like three um but i guess their concern is what about because they're opening stuff up that tourists are going to come and create a bigger problem so she asks what can locals do just wear masks or what what is the well it's like, i think it's like <laughs> yeah and the most important thing is it, to enforce the the guys from outside to wear the mask. Oh, you know, the guys coming in should wear the mask for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether I show you that graph, like how the mask thing works, like how you, you know, how you, how you decrease the probability of getting infected. The, the person, if the person who is sick or has the, has the mask reduces much more than if you wear the mask. It's not, a, it's not the, the protection is not so both is better both is always better yeah of course right yeah yeah I, I i heard somebody like uh putting the analogies like okay if if somebody were to pee at you and they're wearing pants you know and you're wearing pants it's gonna be okay and like if the other person pees and you're wearing pants you're still gonna get wet <laughs> <laughs> you might be wow. better but it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's great Awesome. That is great. Awesome. So what's your opinion on how Sweden has handled this, the coronavirus? Because they're using. So, so Sweden is trying to get the herd immunity. It's like an experiment, right? But yeah. I, I, it's weird when I hear the word experiment because that's just what they decide to do. It's not really an experiment. But I guess the rest of the world is looking at that as an experiment. I, is that correct? Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's basically. It's weird. Well, I don't know exactly what went into their calculation, but I think it's like, ultimately, I think it may not work <laughs> because because of this immunity issue that I told you that, that the, right. the, the memory, like the immunological memory is limited. If the immunological memory is limited, is basically you're going to get people sick and people recover, but people who recover after a while are still going to be susceptible again. So that yeah. is the thing. That, that also actually impacts your flattening of the curve. So you have to remember the, how big your epidemic can be depends on the size of your susceptible population. So the bigger your susceptible population, the bigger your, the bigger your, your spike can be, the bigger your, you know, 
the 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 bigger your epidemic can be. But if you keep people being infected at a very very low rate, the immunity that you build up in the population as a whole is only a small fraction. Because by the time that you you reach a year, all the people in the back already forgot it. So you just keep this you keep keeping a really large subset of our population. So why is Sweden like continuing that? Well, it's because <laughs> I don't know what they, if I, they know if they knew maybe they don't know about this one year memory thing with them. Um... I don't know exactly what they're <laughs> mucosal. Okay. But it's like it's, it's like, about if, it, like if that what you just explained alone kind of tells me they shouldn't do it. Yeah. Like I, like, like like in one sentence I think I'd be convinced. No. I mean it's like we shouldn't you do take that. The, your classic textbook. Okay, it doesn't show up here now. Uh, <laughs> Wait, it did for a second. Yeah, virology. Yeah, oh, viro oh, yeah. Virology. This is the this is the textbook for virology. And this is basically like and in there they have this page 1. It's like no, it's not page 1, but <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's page 200 something in the right. viral immunity and they list the, how long you know, how long each each Luke, thing. you got to get out and get that book, man. <laughs> it's expensive. It's a, it's a $500 book. $500? Yeah, oh, my $500. God. That's a ripoff. So anyway, I'm going to find that shit on – I'm, I'm going to buy that shit on eBay. Oops, I disappeared. Uh, anyway. Where's the, where's the illustrations? Yeah. Anyway, Luke, there's a table. Okay, let me see. I'm, uh, I'm going to quickly Sorry. share this with you. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't know if I'll understand it, but go for it. No, no, no. It's a table. Just it's, it's a super. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull. All right, somebody online just said the P analogy is really bad. <laughs> what are you talking about? It is really good. <laughs> no, I think bad meaning good or bad meaning just gross. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's good. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like that. That's no, it's that's... it's good. It's just so gross. It's like oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, let me see if I can share this picture right now with you. I just took the picture from my. Also, I guess, do you, are are you a multitasker? What do you think about cameras? You know, like the heat sensing cameras. I someone mentioned. I don't think that's going to be so useful because more, uh, there seems to be a fair number of people don't even get. Temperatures, the temperatures, right? Yeah, and there's going to be a bunch that are asymptomatic. But I was just wondering, what's the point of that? That doesn't make any sense either. Uh like they just—if you're it's just showing like, symptoms, like it might give you a false sense of security. It may be like maybe that helps in 25% of the cases, but the 75% still might be false sense of security is good enough. Is it? Oh, yeah. But that means that means like you know the restaurant—they're like testing temperatures and stuff like that. It's like that's not going to work. No, of course. I mean, like, I'm, you know, no, I'm, what's the point? Like, a long time ago, that didn't work, right? But like. Oh. So the, the 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 time that you're actually shedding the most virus seems to be just when you start getting symptoms. And after you start getting symptoms, the, the virus start starts going down. So you're spitting fire before you you don't that's not even it's too late. Well like yeah, that means like you're it, feeling a little achy, you don't feel particularly good. But so that but that means if you have a temperature if that means if you have a temperature, you're better off. You're that's or you're already expelled viruses, right? You see this? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Looks that tells you which virus and how long your immunity lasts. So, so you go all the mucosal infections there. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, influenza, RSV, but everything is short. 
in, in terms of months. Everything else, all the other ones are like in terms of years. Wow. So you say uh -huh. like vaccinia is 75 years. That's the pox virus one, the smallpox. That's how long you, you have like immunity. Wow. Uh, we're typically good at making vaccines against things that you're naturally immune to. Right. We're not very good at making things, you know, vaccines against um, things that are sure. And, and the influenza is even trickier because you have that, uh, you have that 30 months, but the problem is like you get a different strain. The strains mutate. So you, that 30 months is not really useful. Because Damn. in less than 30 months, you're going to have the next strain. Like wow. that's why you have the yearly vaccination from influenza. Wow. But you know, wow. it's, it's, I mean, and this is the, this is the, this is the textbook of virology. So I don't know how people got this idea that we're going to get a vaccine that's going to be permanent, you know, for your lifetime. Is that just the news? I think it might be just the news. Yeah. Oh, do you know what I was really proud of? And it's not, not related to that uh, chart, but I was really proud of the fact that maybe two weeks ago or so, it, it, be, it came onto the news that they were saying the virus might have been created in a lab in you know, like was, what is it? Uh, escape yeah. from the lab or it was created by man, human created. And then I was like, oh, we talked about this a month before that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And said, oh, it, you, you said it basically looks like it's definitely not man-made yeah, or human-made. It doesn't look like it's man-made. Even yeah. like the, you know, the directorate of national intelligence right. said like, we don't see anything here that looks like it's man-made. But yeah. then, then you're getting into those politics and the entire business now. Yeah, but it's one of those things where I mean, like, that came out that came out really late. Like, wasn't that something discussable a month earlier? This just came out like two weeks ago, and yeah, I was like, yeah, "What? But, what is this now?" But it, but that's it's crazy. Like, at least the we, at least the New York Times, the New York Times had an article that said that we question the shit. We're smarter than they are, huh, Luke? We question that yeah, shit we a were month. On top of, we were asking. Yeah, I was so ago. proud. Of, I was so proud of myself, <laughs> and I was like, Gerald already smashed this thing to bits, and only now is it getting to the news. It's crazy. This is, uh, Pathetic. Uh, there, there was a Medium article. That, Medium? That's just yeah. a blog site. That's yeah. a blog spot. Yeah. All right. It's a blog spot on steroids, but okay. But people are, are, are going off on these Medium articles. I don't know. It's 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 a... Yep, it, it, it's catching up, especially with a certain type of population, and then right. you have this Dunning Kruger effect mm. that everybody now is an expert in everything, and then it's like uh, you know, the thing is like a lot of these things are really really complicated, and they're very very nuanced, and there's like little small details make a huge difference, like and taking like and like, you, like, like you drinking you bleach. One thing that's important, and it's like uh, you know. Like the, you know, like, you know, you, you find something that is like, it, there's a correlation or something like that, but you fail to look at the other things. And then it can actually, that can lead you astray very easily that you fail to look at the other things. You see the stuff in front of you, your, your attention is to this thing. And then it says, oh, I can see the relationship. But then it's like, it says, they, but, but the people who are trained professionally are, are trained to think about all the other things that you're not looking at, right? Mm -hmm. So that's basically the thing. Like sometimes the stuff that's in front of you is the important thing, but you should, but you're trained to look at the stuff that is not in front of you. 
And that's a lot of it that allows you to, it's like, it's like when, you, when uh, you know, very frequently you have like a mechanic trying to deal with a particular problem in your car. And the place that you actually see in the car, that when you see the problem is not exactly the, the origin of the problem. And you have to track down the chain of events to actually yes. find to the you know find where the problem was. That that's those are the good mechanics. There's not a lot of those. Not a lot of those, yeah. No. Yeah, but like, most, that's, yeah. Like, that's also like the like for example in medicine we actually taught in kind of a, like one one thing that's uh, very that we taught for example anything that inside your abdomen you cannot trust your feeling where it actually where the pain came from because that's why <clears throat> why why does the doctor have to tell you like oh you know. You, if your appendicitis there to palpate and there's like you have to push it and you have to push it if you push the right part it actually feels a lot worse but frequently people feel in a completely different part of your body so for mm -hmm. example one thing that's for example like your diaphragm if you have a perforated diaphragm the typical feeling of the perforated diaphragm is pain on your shoulder so mm -hmm. this is how people feel it it doesn't mean it's there but it's basically your body is not made to but it completely feels like it's on your shoulder. Right. So this is the kind of thing that you have to know. And this, this is basically not the obvious things are not always the right things. There's um, uh, a question that I was just thinking of. This is this latest uh, thing about like children, uh, um, yeah. you know, getting this weird Kawasaki disease like thing. Right. Yeah, Kawasaki disease. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What is Kawasaki disease? It's basically a inflammation of your of your blood vessels. Oh wow. And like, does is this does this have anything to do with like the current strain of the coronavirus that we're experiencing, or is it? Do you think it maybe has mutated again in the United States, or? No, we actually see there there is a there was an early mutant. And uh, well, so there, there is one thing that came out. I think in a whole bunch of well, there was a there's a bioarchive paper. It's basically this is not peer review yet, but actually looks pretty good, mm -hmm. which shows that there is some mutation in the in the there's a there's a mutation in the in the in the virus in the spike protein that seems to make the virus more transmissible. And the way they tell whether the virus that the virus is more transmissible is that over time, they seem to see this one more than the original one. So it seems to, whenever that you see a place, it seems to win out. But let me, have, I'm gonna share this thing with you guys. You, you posted something. Um... Yeah, I posted something, but it's not completely clear that this is, I mean, it is a, no, that's a reasonable hypothesis, I would say. There's mm -hmm. a, it's something that, uh, definitely seems to be uh you know that that's is reasonable and the data seems to support that but um the patients that get the strain don't seem to be doing worse so for example if you look at okay, here i'm gonna right. it, it, it doesn't have the it's not as um virulent but it's it, not it, more virulent but it seems to be more transmissible so oh, wow. so okay let me show you a... that's a bummer I mean, I guess, I guess, yay, it's less virulent. Oh, it's more transmissible. Right. You get one or the other. It's more transmissible. That's bad, too. That's more Yeah, it's horrible. 
Uh-oh. Guys, can you see this? Yeah. It yeah. looks so, very okay. complicated. So if you look at the graph, look, the blue one. It looks like Tetris. So yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> so right. your 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 X axis, like the Wait, bottom. The, our sound like went haywire here. Yeah, it sounds and like I, a I have a train. I, have, I'm, I live next to the Miramar Naval Air Station, so that's a, Oh, okay. wow. That's, yeah. Oh, these are like the F-18 Super Hornets flying over. Oh, wow. So, yeah, if you actually look at this thing, yeah. blue versus the orange, right. you see that over time, the proportion of blue seems to be increasing. The, the, the drop in the end, because this is from genome sequence, but it takes some time to sequence the genomes. So the more recent ones, you don't see as much because people haven't gone around to sequence the stuff. It takes about a couple of weeks for people to process this, to do the sequencing. But the proportion of blue to red, that's what you should focus on, is right. basically increasing blue. So whenever blue appears, eventually it seems to take over. It seems to be more prevalent. Wait, and, that, and that's uh, the mutated? That's a mutated... Uh... Yeah, so it's basically a... There's a, there's a amino acid at position 614 of the spike protein that's originally aspartate and then it became uh, glycine it makes the protein probably more flexible but let me show you another thing so yeah so this is a movie of the d versus the g so originally in china you see there was all d d d d the d and virus then suddenly the yellow appears and then this yellow one just wow. goes and then spread to europe oh you see but over it, time it, 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 it over time it, it, it basically like whenever like in the u.s had a little bit of the yellow but it seems to have gotten this yellow one from this and then it imported the yellow back to europe and then it's like and then you see this explosion that over time the yellow becomes more and more and that yes. is basically that's the g version that's what we can tell from the genomes so but, there was there was a little bit of news that saying that basically that all oh, the virus in America came from Europe. That was like two weeks ago, also, right? It's yeah, they started the it started becoming headline news. Well, that's not true because, for example, the one in Washington definitely came from China. I see. Hmm. Yeah, just weird that headlines and what you know yeah, speaking yeah, it topics. Came, it, it mostly it, came from Europe. Uh, yeah, we can be pretty confident in that. So this is, wow. these are the ratios in, in the different countries of the D versus G. And you see, China had very little of the G. Initially, it came from China and then went. But now it's like the things over time. So, okay, so you can actually have more. You can have more of the G because, you know, initially it came in and there was a race in the G1. But you could also have more because now, let's say you actually had a whole bunch of G in the United States and then re-imported back to Europe. So you have multiple introductions. So if you have multiple introductions, you can also skew the ratio that way. So that's what's not completely clear. The data seems to support that this virus is better at spreading, but we're not completely sure because you cannot exclude the fact that it's because you, now you have lots of importations from the United States who had, which had this one. So anyway, so that's. So what do you think lately? Lately, there's been more in the news anyway. There's been more blame on China all of a sudden. Like it went, it kind of like dissipated because there's a big problem. But now it's like back to China, hiding data and hiding the, what What do you think is the truth there? It's like hiding data, hiding how many people died, hiding the virus all of a sudden. But I'm like, they didn't hide it, did they? Or did they? Well, if you actually look at the, if you actually look at what actually was, 
reported in January. I don't think there was very much hidden at that point. I think it's like after March, it's like after they got maybe pissed off or wary of whatever we're doing, they started not telling anything. I mean, I think that the, the, share, the stopping of sharing of information looks more like a consequence of us accusing them than... than oh, you mean, I wish they would have told us. You mean that? <laughs> when Trump started saying that, right? I wish they would have told us. And it's well, like, didn't they tell? I, well, I thought th I thought they did tell I mean, everybody. This, this is when it gets mixed into the entire politics business. Right? Sure. Like, I mean, That's what... the, according to the New York Times, they're the strategy for winning the November election is to blame it on China. I see. Of course. Wah, 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 uh, wah. This is, this, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is a, a dangerous game to play. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, China gets his butt hurt pretty easily. Uh, and obviously Trump gets his butt hurt just as easily. Yeah. So you have two like countries that like, you know, get their butts hurt really easily and like will storm off to their rooms and slam their doors, you know, and no, and no one benefits. Yeah. And as like, and, like, and, and the, the problem is the, the biggest problem here is that if the world as a whole doesn't work together to solve this problem, we're not going to definitively solve it ever. And the reason being is, for example, let's say we don't help the countries in Africa who have a poor healthcare system. Mm. If they don't, if we don't manage to, shut it down in Africa or South America or wherever else, we can eventually, even we clean out completely the United States, we're still gonna get it reimported in some way from those places. The reason we have, you know, the reason we manage Ebola in Africa is because we wanna have Ebola managed in Africa so we wouldn't have to manage it here, right? So, you know, going around the world and doing public health kind of things is to avoid us having to deal with with it locally right. it's not it, we're we're not being good samaritans in the in the pure sense right you know? yeah of course not. we're actually helping ourselves by by having it managed in somebody else's turf right, right. If, if it if that if it's not a problem anywhere in the world it's not going to be a problem for us you know, if China didn't let us, if, if China didn't let us have basically a CDC monitoring station for flu, where we can monitor the strains of flu every year, we would have no flu vaccine. Right. Because the way we're detecting flu vaccine is we're going to, we're, we're, we're checking the strains that come out in ducks and chickens and birds and pigs in, in China, and then predicting which is the strain that's going to happen next year. They don't benefit from the flu vaccine. We in the Western world benefit because what happened in China the year before is right. what's going to be in Europe and the United States the next year. So I'm smiling because I learned it from the last podcast yeah, with I you. I didn't the, know uh, this. That was, that was the a biggest mind boom for me. Yeah, like, I didn't know that. Boom. I was like, it is? Well, so, anyway. <laughs> here, here's a, actually, but that inspired, uh, uh, that, that made me want to ask a question. And that is that like, okay, since um, the uh, influenza virus is um, basically like shake, uh, you know, figured out in China, why is it that like the China, the, um, the Chinese government claims that they have such few influenza deaths out there? 
is that a fake statistic or is it um like you know well uh you know it's like we had a big drop of influenza as soon as we shut down right so you're not only stopping coronavirus you're also stopping influenza by shutting down right so i don't know exactly what but in general, like like in like 2018, like you know, influenza basically starts in like, it kind of like, like starts in China and then spreads out around the globe. But like, China claims that they have such few minuscule number of influenza deaths compared to America's, you know, tens of thousands of influenza deaths. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about that, but it could be, it could be, you know. You know, people could do these kind of things, but uh, I could look into this. Like, I mean, there, there are ways to look at these things and see if the, if the relationship is correct or not correct. And then basically you can actually see if people fake data. So for example, we had data from the pollution and, you know, pollution um, in Beijing and you could tell we actually did some, um, we applied some chaos theory tools to it. And you could see that there, the, some of the data was fake because it did some weird shit that, you know, it's basically like went, you know, <laughs> it's basically, it, it could look completely unnatural. So you can actually see that when they manipulate the data, it's kind of like obvious with these data analysis tools that they're manipulating the data. But, mm. uh, um, wow. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Oh, so Ayako Fujitani has a couple of questions, but one of them we answered, and you're going to love it because uh, uh, she wants to know if you can get the virus twice, but it turns out you can get it every year, perhaps. Yeah, right? maybe. <laughs> a lot of people have not proven it, but I think we have not had enough time. But yeah. from all the other coronaviruses we know, from the other two beta coronaviruses, we know that you can get it again and again. So you can get it every year. Okay. That's if <laughs> there's no vaccine yeah. and I'm laughing. I'm laughing because it's like, I thought, oh, you can get it twice. No, you can get it every year. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse. So, okay. That's next question. probably going to be like, I mean, it, it might be uh -huh. that you can only get it every two years, but. Oh, damn. <laughs> but, you know, so far as like, you, you cannot really know <laughs> that until it happens. Right. So it's basically, yeah. it, it hasn't happened. Our best guess is based on the other, on its cousin right yeah that's our that, these are our best guesses right now uh, her other question is uh what and this might be out of your realm of studies but it's uh she asks uh what would be our future every day if we never find a vaccine what's it going to be like well i think it's like it, the the good thing i think is basically if we get a drug that is orally available that you can actually get tested quickly basically as soon as you get sick you get the drug and then you're, it's going to be really like a flu. So I think the best case scenario. So, and it's like, if you get it early, probably you can avoid a lot of this immunological consequences that you get late. So basically like you're going to, everybody's going to get a mild infection. So I think it's like, basically like as soon as basically people produce massively produce, maybe the, the Japanese drug Avigan, when you have like tons of that, and maybe a combination of drugs, that nothing that you need injected, something you just take orally, like a pill. You know, as soon as you get, you feel something, you get a quick test that tells you, 
within, let's say, minutes or an hour, whether you have it, you get the prescription, you take it, you go home, you just sleep it off for the next few days and like that. I think that could be the best best case scenario. And you, you might have to do that every case that, and we're gonna yeah. and, and we're gonna have this every year, and we're gonna have it every year coming. But we're gonna manage. But I think it's like if you manage it by drugs, I think it's almost as good as having the vaccine. It's like nothing serious will probably happen. It seems like a lot of the serious. I mean, the if you get like a large dose of virus, you seem to do worse. So reducing the virus by drugs or whatever means that's also why you know the face mask and everything is important so do you think a face low dose even if you get do you think a face mask will continue then in the next year like we're going to be supposedly needing to wear masks i think it'll probably be my or indefinite two years plus (laughs) at least oh my god yeah there you go um so what about coachella in october last time we canceled we canceled comic-con ourselves edc right? is also canceled what's that edc is also canceled oh no not when's when daisy kind of when, when, yeah, when's that it's june when's that and oh it's june. anime expo is canceled yeah. yeah we can't we canceled comic-con ourselves a month ago we called it but what about october uh coachella it's october right i think as i i think anything big and is it better just to, they haven't canceled it yet, right? I, so I have no I have no confidence that the Olympics are going to happen next year. Wow. Whoa. So do you? So that means um, concerts in general, in general, uh, if a no vaccine is found, will there be concerts anymore? I think it's like I think I think if we can manage by drugs, and the drugs become widely available, and testing becomes super easy, and fast. You mean and, testing, like, let's say a basketball game, there's uh, 20,000 people are going to no, watch no, the no, Lakers no, no, play. Like, like say, okay, no, it's like you feel something, you go get tested, and then it's like, oh, okay. you can manage, and it's like, but then it's going to I just, it, I, I thought you meant, they, they would be like the flu, sort of. I thought you meant like a, like a, like a metal detector at a, oh. a sports event that everyone gets tested oh, I, before I they go in type of thing. I don't think that's, that's feasible to, you know, test at that massive scale. There's no technology yeah. no that way. allows you to detect virus at the sensitivity of like, single molecule level that can do that at that speed so for example the best um, scenario is that you can yeah. actually do it in like minutes not right okay. minutes you know tens of minutes not and uh and also it'll require you you know swabbing and stuff like right. that it's, it's not, it's not going to be like walkthrough type tests i don't think that's... so so concerts are done for a while in general right unless you go to a concert where you're one of 10 people inside of a building yeah, I think it's like you. You know, I think it's like I think you you saw the thing that Taiwan did right with the baseball game. They opened baseball game, and so far it went okay. But Taiwan has been like really at zero, pretty much for a local transmission zero, and and they they had basically a baseball game with I think like five thousand people or something like that. Mm. But that's a stadium of basically for I think it was like fifty thousand, and they just get five thousand people. In oh wow! Yeah, there you go. See, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's what I was thinking. That so the only way you could do it people is people se- separated, everybody wearing masks, and they like separated. But they were still having a, you know. A... So in that case, they would probably, if it's one one <clears throat> one one tenth of the people, they would probably have to raise the price of the ticket ten times 
correct? So you can actually go watch the Lakers. Instead of $1,000, it's now going to be like a $10,000 ticket or more, right? Maybe. If it's a because uh, there will be... Market forces are going to drive it down, right? drive it up. or Because you have less people. You're, you're one in, you know, instead of 20,000, you have 2,000 in Staples Center. You, you, they got to make their money back. Oh, what a disaster. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be for the super wealthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's like, it's, then it's like the TV rights are going to become more expensive also. And then oh, wow. everything is going to be pay-per-view probably. Yeah. Um. So what, one uh, listener or viewer is asking, Andy Shen, who's a doctor himself, uh, asks, uh, do you have any opinions about fall school opening? I just joined a task force for school opening for one of the SoCal school districts. That's and that's in that's September, right? Or late August or September. Yeah, I don't know. It's like that really depends on the thing. All these things I think are super dependent on how, what is the local, <clears throat> what is the, what is, what is the local contingency plan? Okay. What do you do if a kid gets infected and starts transmitting? What do you get like local? Cluster? I mean, and it'll be going to be like a playground of kids all fucked up and then a shitload of parents. No, the, I think it's like that. I mean, forget it. Regardless, I think it's going to be more the how they actually bring it home. So the the question is like badly. It's going to be super dif- difficult to have the kids self discipline. That is, the, you know, to keep the Can't. social distancing in kids is going to be like I think nearly impossible, right? Mm-hmm. As I see it, yeah. And then it's like, and also like, so basically, like they said, okay, what kind of management plans can you actually implement? Are you going to basically, um, <clears throat> you know, separate the kids and uh, they have to eat at their own spot? You're going to reduce the density of students. They have to alternate days or something like that or alternate times. Or they actually, you know, how do you, how basically, how do you do testing of children if something happens? How do you do contact tracing in the school in order to manage this kind of thing? So I think this is this is gonna be something that you know that you know LA Unified will have to figure out what a reasonable plan is of it's doable. Close the schools, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think like I, I mean there is clearly benefit to having schools. You know, if people homeschooling. Well, you know, homeschooling also has issues of people's, you know, social maturity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's be, not going to work. It's I not going to work. Humans no, are, it's not going to work. Are supposed to interact in order to you know develop properly to be you know you know contributing members of society, right? So it's but it's, it, I think it's like yeah, it's it's tough. You know, it's like that's not my area of expertise, so it's like I cannot really speak. But I can only say that it's like how do you know, what will you need to manage in terms of, you know, you will ha- you have to have a plan for when things go wrong and how do you limit the damage when, you know, when, when you have this going. Mm. I think it's like, you know, a lot of this is going to be, because this is sort of like uncharted territory for just about everybody. Yeah. So a lot of it is going to be like touch and go, try to try to work out the problems as they show up. And that's basically what you see in Korea and also in Wuhan, where they actually had the, you know, after not having any cases for, I think, of 20 days, and now suddenly they have a cluster of 
some 40-some-year-old woman who infected six people in her own family and in her own building. So, and now they're testing the entire city. I don't, I think that's probably overkill and not sure how useful that is, but that's the route that they are trying. So I think it's like different people are gonna try different things. Like Sweden is trying its own thing. <laughs> and like, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, the question is like, in the end, because it's also not just managing the virus. We also have to manage the economy as everybody is aware of. You know, we have to manage society as a whole. I don't know exactly what is the best way to go, but I think it's like, I think a lot of it is going to be a matter of trying out, see what works. If you if you see that something is going, going, you know, going like really really badly, you really want to pull back and you know clean up the mess that you made. But you have to have a way to clean up the mess. Mm. Yeah, uh, I've been super disappointed with maybe uh, how let's. Yeah, I mean, Los Angeles, okay, we didn't. It things didn't go as bad, but there's some strange things that have just come out recently, like. Uh, you're supposed to wear masks now as of Monday. I thought we were wore, supposed to wear masks like a month ago. And yeah, then uh, uh, you're supposed that's... to, and you're, you're now supposed to wear a mask on the Metro train. Weren't we supposed to do that already? And this was just a new thing saying starting Monday. And I'm like, shouldn't we have done that like yeah, a month that, ago? Or I, I thought it was. Yeah, that's cities. a new thing. It just came out on Monday. It just said this past Monday, this is now when you start wearing masks. And I'm like, because before it was recommended and now it's mandatory. Well, in San Diego, it was like they they, crazy. they were telling people to do it, but it's like uh, uh, the the compliance is really poor. Yeah, in my uh, own area, my neighborhood around here, I would say I feel like it's about twenty percent of the people wear masks and eighty percent do not. Uh, at least on the streets, walking, which is just walking on the street, but it's about eighty well, percent not I think wearing masks. Like, you know, the the risk yeah. in the uh, and you walking on the street, I think it's less. It's less, but I'm just saying. It's, but I think it's like yeah. But if, but if you go into the you know, if you go to, you know, if you go to Trader Joe's, for example, that should be that's a hundred percent. It has to be everyone gonna, has to. That, wear a mask then like, and Trader Joe's tells you that you should wear a mask. You know, they sure, they but it's. It, I also think it's weird that they did the for a long time they didn't wear masks. Even the employees didn't wear yeah, masks, and people like and the, and some got sick and fucked up. You know, right. it was just one of those things that's just like a breakdown of logic, and I've been seeing a lot of that. Unfortunately, it's been a. Almost painful to watch. So I stopped looking at a lot of news and Facebook and stuff like that because of, I just I'm just watching fails every day. Yeah, I think it's like a lot yeah. of it is that people's you know it didn't hit people as being real. <laughs> That's and, their fault. And it's like and a lot it's of crazy. It's like, you know, I think it's a little bit of of this kind of thing because nobody has seen no. it before and people are not, you know. People's reaction to things is big. If you've never seen it before, because everybody is base, basing their behaviors on their own past experience, right? Which is crappy. This is uncharted territory, right? So, yeah. like, of course, people are are going to be skeptical of it until yeah. they see sort of overwhelming evidence or something like that, and they might not like it. I mean, nobody likes the... restrictions, right? Of course not. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just wondering, like, what this is doing? What is this doing to Tinder? <laughs> people are chatting i think a lot right? on the phone you know it's uh, it's really sad but uh, actually i wanted to ask about the um you know their arguments against masks you know carbon dioxide blah 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 make you know hard to breathe etc like 
have you had have you had heard of any of these arguments before and have any thoughts uh, about I, I'm not taking any of those seriously or yeah, there's no real argument against mask that I think is credible. There's like the increase in carbon dioxide is like, you know, is minimal, but of course it's uncomfortable and right. and and it's hard to breathe for sure. You have to push so much harder. Right. I don't like to wear masks, but but it's like and also the ones that do the most filtration and when it's working properly, they're gonna be even harder. Because you have yep. to push you have to push everything through those little pores. Right. And that's gonna be hard. Right. So it's gonna be hard like you know, <clears throat> you, you can see I saw some interviews of the of the Italian healthcare workers and they have to wear it all day and they are tired from wearing the mask and stuff right. like that. So yeah. I mean Nobody likes it, right. you know, but I don't think there are any, you know, it's not detrimental to your health. You cannot make that argument. Yeah, that was, I think there was a woman making an argument at a Trader Joe's and she posted a video of her going, yeah, blah, 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 carbon dioxide. Oh, it sounds like a Karen. They call those Karens. Yeah, it was a, yeah, a, a Karen <laughs> freaking was like, you know, like, I want to talk to the manager, you know, oh, uh, about, um, you know, like you know, because they were kicking her out because she wasn't wearing a mask. Wow, you know, yeah. and um, you know, apparently she posted the video and like basically made herself look like an ass. Um, oh, how wow. about these like <laughs> cottony kind of masks? Like you know, like are these like good enough to looks like go walk around in? Or is this kind of a waste of that looks like that looks like a little bit of an underwear right there. Yeah, it's like a fucking like you know, I, I usually like you know, like you know, that's a ball sack. <laughs> that's a ball sack sling. Ball sack sling. Uh, yeah. How about this ball sack sling sack sling? Is this Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a it's, I, it's I hard know, to say. Like, Tongue twister. Like, I mean each type of there's a there's a nice uh there was a nice New York Times article that actually uh, went to somebody, I think at Emory University, who tested a whole bunch of common materials and, uh, and tested like how well each of those things work. We looked at that, or I looked at that. Yeah, uh, I think I said article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at that. But basically, a thin T-shirt is like twenty percent um, right. protection. So this like is a like thinner two T-shirts. So yeah, so maybe it's forty or fifty percent. Maybe <laughs> literally, you know, forty fifty percent. Right. That that can hold my ball sack, by the way. Yeah, it probably could. Oh, I have this one. <laughs> oh, the GR mask. So that one's that one's got like the baby clothes outside, but it has um a two one thousand. I think it's one thousand count right. uh, fabric on the inside, and there's two layers. So that's a three layered one, and it has a a pal, uh, what do you yeah. call it? A pocket that you could add your own filter. You add your... So you could make it as a uh, more COVID proof possible yeah, you as can you get want. A PM two point five filter into it, and the PM two point five is basically what your surgical mask is. Oh, okay. so, so you can so you, you can get all that. You'll notice it because it's actually hard, hard to breathe. Yeah, because I, I I added like a coffee filter in it, and I did two coffee filters, and you know what I mean. I added more stuff to it, and it's it just gets harder and harder to breathe. Yeah, that's that's the issue. Yeah, you but you have to have you know to avoid that. You know, there so, are. Yeah. Yeah. So with with these masks, so that's a surgical mask, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got this from my dentist. Um, like how can like you know there's a lot of them on the streets right now mm -hmm. like are there is there like a like is there a way to, to, to tell the difference between good ones and not so good ones 
it's really hard. It's like, I mean, normally you, you go by the label. So that's the thing because you, there's a very difficult for you to test it, but, but you're going to know is like, if you actually breathe on it, you're going to have a little bit more difficulty. You know, that's filtering more. Cause it just seems, you know, that it's funny in our age, um, our time bootlegs are just so, so common now that you don't know what's a real N95 mask or a fake one just by label. That's, <clears throat> that's the most bootleg thing, yeah. right? It's so simple. Yeah, like, because the, the way that you actually test it is like the, nobody has the capacity to test that at home. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like the thing. Have you tested any masks yet? Hmm? Have you tested any masks at your lab? I know you can do that. No, we actually don't even have the proper equipment. We're like oh. a molecular biology, you know, I see. lab, and we don't actually have this physical uh, particle. I mean, you, mm -hmm. you probably need to have. <clears throat> the best way to test this kind of um, there there are ghetto ways to test it. The ghetto okay. way to test it is basically <laughs> ghetto Turk. <laughs> you know, it's basically like <clears throat> let's say you have your mouth bacteria, or whatever else, and then like you take the mask and then cough on a petri dish and then see how much gets there. Oh wow! So, wow. Uh, and then there's, uh, that that is that is that is sort of a ghetto way to. Do you, you know what I really like is when you're wearing a mask for a while, you take it off, and you can have you have the incredible sense of smell for a little while, like a, you know what I mean? You could yeah, smell you better right when you take off the mask. You're like you could smell things. You're like holy shit, and then it goes away, and like you know, ten seconds later, you're like I don't smell that anymore. Yeah, you basically you're desensitized to the only smells that you have in there. Which yeah. Is your own breath. Yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and then you. And then it's, it's basically amazing. like you're sensitive to everything else. Yeah, it's an amazing sensation that when you remove your mask, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. And then it goes, yeah. Uh, like for at work is great. I dig that. There's like we have these. We had well, not now because they're already gone. But you know when this thing, the first thing started, is like we had these orange blossoms, and then it's basically at night when the you know when the when the jasmine kind of smell comes out. Mm. that Whoa, this smells so good. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I asked you this last podcast, uh, last time we talked, are, are we going to be okay? <laughs> I think you, you had a, as a whole, we're going to be okay, Eric. We're going to be okay, but I think less okay than before for a while. Yeah. And it's not like, like yeah. I mean, like, it, yeah, it's, this virus is killing people, but it's not like the, the I mean, the numbers are really quite small in compare, like in comparison to the potential of this. Yeah, virus. in comparison to the whole population, if we actually had a, let's say we actually had a MERS type thing or a real like the original SARS that was just transmissible like this one is, hmm. you would actually looking at you, you'd be losing like ten to thirty percent of the population. Wow, and that would be like, then maybe say that you would actually have people dead on the streets that you couldn't. You could not have that, you know, uh, the you know the crematorium to take care of the people in time. You just have big pits. Big but it's pits. like this. Like, the thing is, like in certain places in Spain, they reach these kind of levels. Mm. You know, they, for example, in, you know, in Madrid, it was like the the Spanish army was going into basically uh, retirement homes and finding dead people in every other room kind of like that and no because of the the staff also got infected so they short staffed they couldn't take care of people so the combination of things ended up being like that for a while so 
Well, can you hurry up and save us? <laughs> save us, please. Well, uh, uh, we'll try, but it's like there, there are many things that are being done. I think they're like, especially the. Yeah, but I know you. I those other ones. Who are they? I don't. I don't believe them. Well, like one of them is just my <laughs> na- neighbor up the street. Yeah, the that one's okay. I give them a pass. <laughs> So and the Japanese, the Japanese one, the Japanese one. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> he found already thirty drugs that can be tried now. But three you know, zero the, thirty. But okay, he's got a whole bunch of other ones, that, but they have to go one by one and figure out which ones they're gonna try. All right, I'll they're, try them they're, all. They're trying in, in Hong Kong University again to see which ones. These are also all clinic, the clinically approved drugs. So it's just a matter of testing. Right on. Yeah. So where do we go from here, Gerald? Well, we'll see how we reopen. That's the that's I think that's a that's the big the big the next big unknown. Are you hopeful, or are you looking at it thinking, okay, I already know what's going to happen? Well, I think it's going to be messy. It's going to be very. <laughs> it's going to be. It's going. The U.S. is going to be like. It's going to be a shit fest out here, man. Yeah, but but where, where but where where is it going to go wrong? Do you think is it going to be in the South where we're already seeing? Uh, more, I mean, I think yeah. that people have to realize what what when when it's. I think it's like, I think like most people, they don't they don't have a sense for it to be real until they see it themselves. Right, but you know, like, uh, is it going like, to be do you, when you start seeing like an ambulance coming, coming to your neighborhood, and then picking out people in stretchers, and then you see enough of those. I think that's going to make an impression. And then, so that was like maybe New York kind of had that experience a little bit, right? Yeah, I think it's like that's a. I think, you know, I, I hope not, but I, you know, my understanding of human nature is that basically it's going to require some kind of level like that. But by then, it's like it's going to be such a mess. It's like that's going to that's going to impact the economy in itself. So the the the, the uh, difficulty gonna, is basically uh, like, you know. The economy in the in the in the in the lar in the bigger sense is is also about trust, right? right? So I trust that the goods that you sell me are going to be something that I want. That you're not trying to rip me off. That I'm gonna that there's there's gonna be an interaction of some sort. But if you actually basically decimate the entire economy, you know, pepper across. You're gonna end up being. This is this is this can be like a real thing. Like I mean, if we just think of it, right now we're kind of okay because all our supply chains were kind of preserved, right? Right. But if our supply chains are gonna be disrupted, and we're also still we're, early, right? They're they're able to. I mean, they're still able to like support unemployment and all, there's all these things happening. But this is just the beginning, isn't it? Do you, do, I mean, six months later or three months even from now is the bigger question mark. I think. I, I, I was just hoping that we would, you know, I, I was just hoping that we would actually have something like South Korea, or, I mean, Taiwan managed it so well; they never got to the stage that you know that they have like. The oh, we can't do that. Kind of thing. Oh, we can't do that here. <clears throat> yeah, we cannot do this I, I, because I, no. we, we have a we have a completely non-compliant population, and people, yeah, you know, then there's a. And then we don't have a competent unifying government that can pull it all together and have a unified response for the entire country. 
or uh, unified media either which is the tragic one of the, uh, the 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 rougher parts about all of this we have too many different news outlets that are spreading yeah, it's like and it's like it's basically the, the thing is like if i mean i i've i'm trained in this area and i know okay i, I look at this like oh, okay this is not believable this is believable and like that. but i have like i have like 30 years of training plus of this you know in this area so i but I mean, what is going to average person going to think? Like, what do I believe? What do I not believe? It's, it's, it's basically you're just paralyzed by all these different things that you actually have. And it's like, how? That's why we're talking to you, man. Yeah. That is why we're talking to you because you are a man of science. Yeah. Man of science. Science. Who's handled the virus in his own hand. That's, that's true. Yeah. It was in your hand. Yep in a dish or whatever you yeah. handled it yeah. i've yeah. never even been that close to it i don't think so uh, or surprisingly maybe we have we just didn't, yeah, know. You just didn't, we didn't know. know but yeah. as long as you wash your hands and keep you know and basically just um do you, do you guys watch that nhk documentary with the dye i watched it yeah yes yeah. so that is basically think of it that way i think that's the safest I don't think enough people watch that. They need to make an American version with uh, dubbed. Even maybe it's dubbed. all in English. They need to dub it. They have one super dubbed. Well, the, the yeah. one that you, I saw that. Uh, was it dubbed? Yeah, it was dubbed. Oh, and, no, they need uh, to, they need to remake more, it. Like, maybe one or two voices. Like, they need, no, they need to South Park it, you know? <laughs> like, they need to go that route. They didn't, they didn't make an anime version of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but I I mean, this is like, so when, when we were trained for uh, biosafety level three, I mean, that's basically how they teach you how to handle everything. So anything that you touch, anything like that, that you touch has to be disinfected. Has to be, this is a way you have to operate in order to um, to work in biosafety level three. So you, you assume everything. So for me to, for, you know, everyday thing is basically, I just took my training of, biosafety level three and and sterile technique and i'm sort of applied to everyday kind of things instead of just applying in the lab because in the lab is basically you go into the into this lab you gown up and you get this thing and you do this thing and then after you get out you don't have to follow these rules anymore but now it's like in this situation it's like i'm trying I'm taking my training and then taking it out of the lab into my everyday life. So when do you get when you buy groceries? Are you actually going into the store with a mask? Are you doing that whole thing, or are you getting curbside? I'm going into the store wearing a mask. Um, I when I get back to my car, I take the disinfectant wipes from the truck, clean my hands again, the the the, the trunk handle where you with the lock, the also the basically the, the door handle of the car before I get back into the car, for example. So um, do you recommend people do that? Because I don't, I don't even go that. I, don't, I, 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 haven't I think, been, I think oh. it's like, so basically like the virus itself are like seems to be on most surfaces no, and in three days, it'll right. be gone. So you, if you were to, let's say, if you have things that you can, we, I mean, I, I wipe things down with chlorhexidine wipes. What's that? You can use like it's just a disinfectant, but you can use oh. anything else. But I mean, you saying like, like alcohol wipe or something. But like if you if you buy groceries, you're touching boxes of shit, boxes yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, you're touching and... it. But it's like, but, but by the time Oops. you get back to your car, you wipe your hands again with a 
then you go back home and you put it away. You're back at square one, right? No, no, no. Like, so you take the stuff, like the, the groceries that you, the take, that you take in. I mean, I do it, but it's like you don't have to. I think right. the risk is low, actually. Honestly, but it's okay. What do you, so what do you do? I want to so know. What what I, the, I, want, like I want to know. I want to know. I want a low level three <clears throat> technique. So when I take it home, I take the I take the stuff. I I wipe the outside of the with the with the wipe and then put it everything. In the car. Fuck. Okay. I don't do. I don't even. Uh, I don't even do that. I, mean, <laughs> I think is. I think the risk is low. It's like the question is like how much. How much uh, risk are you willing to take? None, but, but I don't do that. But now I need to. I mean, the only thing I ever do is wash my hands, like before I get in the car, <clears throat> after I drop everything off. Yeah. So, for example, when I go outside or the grocery store and come back home, I also take a shower before mm-hmm. uh, after I get home. Do you, like then you wash your clothes or you put it in the dirty laundry right away? Oh, the laundry, right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I I was kind of doing that in the beginning and I kind of tapered off. Is that no, a mistake? I mean, like, it's really hard to keep up these kind of routines. It's, it's like, tough because sometimes I forget. They're like they're they're tiring and they're like they're they're a hassle. I mean, they're I think the other day, you know, it's like I just kind of forget. And I'm like, oh no, I didn't even think about. It. But I'm trying anyway. Yeah. But okay, right. that's level three technique. There it is. Yes. Anyways, well, I think where our time is kind of yeah. up, We're but there. uh Gerald, yeah. thank you so much. Yes, for thank your, you so much. Your, your time. Oh, you're welcome. Good talking to you guys again. It's always yeah, very no. educational, like you know, to like I, I, I trust in your information. So you could like thank feed you. me big fat lines of bullshit and I'll be eating it up. No, <laughs> my my line is like I don't want to I, I don't want to bullshit anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, 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 thank you. Thank you. It was, it's always enlightening talking to you. I like your background, Luke. <laughs> oh, thank you. I am uh, in my Animal Crossing background right now. I've never played that, but I hear everybody's playing this nowadays. I am I, I am playing. I am deep in the game right now. <laughs> well, not Do you right play now. Eric? No, I don't. Do uh, you have it? I don't have it. I have it. It's got it right here. Is it a Switch game? Yeah, it's a Switch game. Oh, okay. So, I should get one of those. It... I don't even have a Switch. My friends and my friends in Japan said that they couldn't get the Nintendo Switch because like yeah. so heavily ordered that. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's an item that uh, you need now. You can you can visit your friends without. Uh, oh yeah. You can visit your friends' worlds, I guess, without uh, physically yeah, being there, right? That's, yeah. What do you do in Animal? It's Club? a virtual game. Um, you wait, build I, up wait. an island and you like... I'm going to stop I'm going to stop our our podcast now. Is <laughs> okay. that cool? All right. But then we could we could okay. keep talking about it. Okay. Yes, yes. No, it's Everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you basically like, you know, you have a little island